You're listening to. Welcome back to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. I'm Marvin Yue. And I'm Rira Yu. And it is time for our mid month check in. Uh, it is the month of June. Summer is well on its way here in Los Angeles. It is. What do you mean, well on its hot. way? It's It's been here since <laughs> last month. It's so hot. Uh, how are you doing, Rira? I'm doing well. Um, so this month is going to be a little bit different because we're not doing. Uh, new releases for this month yeah we have some exciting news though we are launching our website finally uh, for a long time books and boba <laughs> linked directly to our show site from simplecast but um as of the time you hear this podcast we will have a full-fledged website where you can take a look at our past picks um find all the links to our goodreads groups and our podcast and also contact us if you want to um, suggest things or uh you know if you are a publisher needing of coverage for your Asian American or Asian author, yeah, we are open to that as well. I, I love getting arcs, and I yeah. love meeting uh, people who create things who are Asian Asian American because <laughs> it's still a very small pond, and it's nice to like meet new people. Yeah. Um, and as a part of that, we are moving our new release coverage to our blog on the website. Um, that way we can focus more on news and discussion on our podcasts. I mean, we definitely want to interview more authors. Yeah. And since like I read more than one book a month, I want to talk <laughs> about those books as well. Yeah, yeah, and we are we're actually in the process of lining up a couple interviews. Yep. And hopefully we'll have a lot more non-news content coming yeah. up. More like one-on-one yeah. uh, author interviews. I'm excited. Um so this month I've been just uh was it this month that Terrace House came out with the second half of its uh, I have not caught up with Terrace House. Okay, well I, I watched it all in like a week of its release and <laughs> I like become like very obsessed i've been watching terrace house since it came out on Mm -hmm. netflix like from the very beginning and it was agony waiting for like every eight episodes to get uploaded is this new one the one with the um the the lush lady the lush lady the one that likes to drink oh oh sena sena is my queen (laughs) i love her uh yes yes she's in it Uh, I've heard a lot of news about her. It's all over my uh, social she, media. She's amazing. Um, opening New Doors is pretty great. I'm so glad that they're back in Japan. Mm. Also, I've been catching up on E3 news. That's oh, been yeah. my life for the past couple days. It is E3 here in Los Angeles. And um, we're not a video game podcast. No, but... we're not. But I play a lot of video games. You know what I've noticed this year? A lot of games are now drawing from Three Kingdoms um, era lore for their uh, new expansion pack. Yep. And it's like, yeah, Chinese history is coming back. It's not just samurais, guys. There's other there's other cultures too. I mean, a lot of video games still come out from Japan. So yeah. it's not like it's white people Japan just loves doing... Three Kingdoms. They do. They, they really they, do. They love the romance of the Three Kingdoms. <laughs> 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 and that has been our video game minute. Let's get back to books, Sorry. shall we? <laughs> we have we have other interests. It's not like we just read books. We should all. just start another podcast. No, you you have like five and I have like <laughs> 
too. So, um, well, let's get into the book news of the month. Um, Rira has, um, Rira has graciously put together our monthly list of publishing news. Yeah. I guess our first story: Kids Can Press acquired world rights to the picture book "One Girl Equals One Hundred and Eleven Trees," written by Rina Singh and illustrated by Marian Ferrer. The book depicts the efforts of one man who turned a desert village in, in India into an oasis that is not only safe for girls, but celebrates them as well. Publication is scheduled for t- fall 2020. And next on our news is First Second Bought Alina Chow's Marshmallow and Jordan, a middle grade graphic novel about Jordan, a former star youth basketball player who became paralyzed from the waist down after an accident, who befriends Marshmallow, a magical elephant who helps her discover that water polo can be the sport in which she can continue her athletic dreams. Publication is slated for 2020. Man, 2020 is going to be... Like the year where like all the Asian authors are going <laughs> to come out with their books. A lot of kids and middle grade books too, which is pretty good. Yeah, Middle grade is where it's at, you guys. Yeah. It's when you develop your sense of self, I guess. I, I just really like middle grade books, <laughs> even though I'm like totally not in the demographic for it. Um, Norton Young Readers bought Paula Yu's debut YA nonfiction book about Vincent Chin, a Chinese American who was killed at the hands of two white auto workers in Detroit in 1982, and how his death sparked the Asian American Civil Rights Movement. Publication is slated for 2020. Now, Rira, how familiar are you about the Vincent Chin um, case? So I didn't know about it until after I moved to L.A. Mm. And once I moved to L.A. like and became part of the Asian American community here, like people started educating me <laughs> on some Asian American history. And um, it's really weird because... It's not like I lived in like places where there were no Asians, but like Asian American history really wasn't part of my curriculum and it really wasn't brought up in a lot of Asian American communities like in Atlanta or in New York. So. And you went to some pretty like fancy schools in, in New York. <laughs> one fancy school, but yeah, like no one really brought it up and uh, I was really shocked that like that wasn't taught in in high school textbooks because it just seemed to be such a crucial part in uh in how asian americans like fought for civil rights right yeah but i'm really glad that paula Yu is coming out with a ya uh non-fiction book because that means that it's going to reach younger audiences right. and they're going to catch on before they go to college <laughs> like i did yeah and, and teachers can you know put it into their curriculum or at least on their bookshelves for other kids to read and ask about because yeah a lot of times our history especially if even like I, I was raised in southern california in like the sgv um and very diverse very heavily asian area of the country and even then we didn't like when we talked about civil rights at school especially in like middle school and high school it was it was mostly about the the black and white dynamic. Yeah. Right. It was uh, it was the black community fighting civil rights. You didn't really touch on things like Vincent Chin and how that galvanized Asian Americans. Didn't really touch on even like Cesar, the Cesar Chavez like movement. Mm-hmm. It was just very much like Martin Luther King and like not even Malcolm X. It was just mainly Martin oh, really? Luther King. I feel like. Um, yeah. Like I didn't learn about Vincent Chin until I took my like like most people. Asian American history class in college that we had to you know, elect to take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm from Georgia and a lot of, like, 
like I remember in eighth grade we had this class called Georgia Studies, <laughs> and it was like pretty much like history of Georgia. Yeah. So there, there was a lot of like history on slavery, obviously, <laughs> and like just how like the Confederates lost, but they put it in such pretty words. It was kind of like a rosy <laughs> uh, picture of the South during the Civil War, and I'm like, that's that's not. I mean, slaves are bad. Like, slavery is bad. Why are they trying to, like, whitewash this? But Did you learn, was it taught to you as the war of northern aggression when you were young? No, it wasn't It wasn't that bad, but it was, like, it was definitely, like, sugar-coated. Uh, and I'm like, it, and this was, like, right after I had moved from New Jersey. So I, I like, went through, uh, like, American history over there. And then uh-huh. I, and as soon as I came down to Georgia, I pretty much took the same history class, but, like, from... <laughs> the confederate point of view and i was like this is this is weird but yeah yeah it was a very weird experience um but But, not a lot of asian stuff in those classes in those history classes i mean it just goes to illustrate the power of having representation not only in media but also in history as well like knowing the important aspects of what shapes you know our culture today yeah my history classes didn't even cover uh the chinese exclusion act and mm. that was like a really big deal <laughs> yeah we didn't really touch that until maybe ap history because that was like one of the required yeah. like potential subjects um but even then you didn't really dive into like how terrible that law was yeah and know? also like like i i mentioned this in our uh the sympathizer episode but um, when we covered Vietnam, uh, yeah. Vietnam War, like a lot of the Vin- Vietnamese refugee part of the history wasn't covered, and uh, you didn't really get much of the perspective of the actual yeah. like people in Vietnam. It was more from like American GI and not even GI. It was mostly like the protests. Yeah, protests. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was the that was what the history books focused on is just how youth culture in America stop the war quote-unquote yeah. yeah which which was why like when i read the sympathizer i was like oh i'm learning so much <laughs> like they should have taught this in history class but they didn't a lot of things they should have taught in history class this is why you should uh read more books by asian and asian american authors because uh you learn a lot of we're stuff we're bringing that back yes <laughs> Um, yes, so moving on, Simon Pulse acquired Loan Lee's A Fa Love Story. This YA romantic comedy follows two Vietnamese American teens who fall in love and must navigate their newfound relationship and their respective families' old feud about their competing neighborhood restaurants for years. Publication is set for spring 2020. So, like Romeo and Juliet. But Romeo fall and Juliet with, with fall restaurants. This sounds like your vibe. This sounds amazing. I want to <laughs> read it. As soon as it comes out. 2020. Yeah. Such a fresh twist on a classic trope. I just like how uh, we are at this point in Asian American literature where like Asian American characters can just be like it's not about their pain or suffering i mean sometimes there's pain and suffering but like like teenagers like Asian American teens in books they can just go to school be in love and not be all about like my immigrant parents. Yeah. I, I mean, those stories are very important, but it's like really nice that we're getting uh, more variety. And I, I am very excited for this book, so I'm going to keep an eye on it. Yeah. Next up, Erdman's books for young readers acquired North American rights to Rana Joy Gosh's No Place Like Home, a picture book about a polar bear searching for his home, even though he doesn't know yet what it might look like. Publication is planned for spring 2019. You know, this is for 
younger readers, but I feel like I can relate. <laughs> uh, and our final uh, publishing news is Delacorte acquired Anjali Q. Raoul's. Um, shoot, that's an F. Uh, Delacorte acquired Anjali Q. Raouf's debut middle grade novel, The Boy at the Back of the Class. The novel is about a nine-year-old student's plan to befriend the new kid in class, Amit, a refugee boy from Syria. Raouf is the founder and CEO of Making Her Story, a UK nonprofit working to fight human trafficking and gender-based abuses and crimes. Publication is slated for summer 2019. Another... Middle grade novel that is. I'm telling you, middle grade is needed. where it's yeah. at. Um, I do want to make a correction because in our last episode, I mentioned Vanessa Hua's A River of Stars, and I got the publisher wrong. Oh, so no. the publisher is Ballantine Books and not Riverhead Books. I mean, I said it from the top of my head, but uh, I wanted to make that correction because the publisher contacted me and was just like, oh, thanks for like. Oh no! Well, thanks for the shout out, but like it's it's Valentine books, and I was like, oh, sorry, bad. I'll make the correction. Corrections, <laughs> corrections and attractions. Um, yeah, and that's our new publishing news from Asian Asian American authors. Uh, I guess moving on to our check in, um, we actually had some exciting news. Um, we were able to catch a screening of "To All the Boys I Loved Before." The you Netflix. mean you mean you were able to catch it because oh. I was unable to go. Oh no! I I was. When I got the invitation, I was like, no, it's on a day I can't go. I want to go so bad. <laughs> the uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I totally forgot you weren't there. <laughs> I'm just so used to you being there. Um, yeah, I was able to catch a screening to all the boys I've loved before the Netflix, uh, the upcoming Netflix rom-com based on the book by Jenny Han. And Jenny Han was there in person to introduce uh, things. And I'm not allowed to say anything about it until the week before it comes out. Mm-hmm. But I am allowed to give general impressions. And it was so good. It was like a very, uh, it, it was a teen rom-com, you know? Yeah. So like, it's very like, I don't know, you've read the book before, right? No, I haven't. I'm I will because you got a signed copy for me. Oh yeah, it's in my car. I was so excited. <laughs> it like totally made up for me not being able to go and uh, go to the screening. But yeah, like I've heard I've heard like the general like gist of yeah. the novel and yeah, it's definitely like a fluffy rom com. Very movie. stylish, very like very cute and very very high school. <laughs> um, it makes sense. Yeah, it, like the character is a high school student. Yeah, apparently the dad is played by some guy from Sex in the City. Oh, uh, my girlfriend is very excited. She's excited for that part of the movie, <laughs> but not like all the other parts. She's excited for the whole movie, but she's okay. especially excited when she recognized the guy. Apparently, played one of the main character's boyfriends. Yeah. So, um, so you liked it? I did like it. I liked it a lot, uh, and I think it's it, it's going to be a great. Um, Follow up because it comes out on Netflix basically the week that Crazy Rich Asians comes out in theaters. So you can go watch Crazy Rich Asians in your theater, come home and put on uh, To All the Boys Love Before and just have a Asian American rom com night. Yep. And, you know, it's telling that you liked it because you're definitely not in the demographic for this movie. I can enjoy a rom com. You can enjoy a rom com. That Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm glad that rom-coms are coming back. 
We are. We and haven't really had them for a long time in cinema. The secret was Asian Americans. I know. The, like the the three main ones coming back right now, like two on Netflix, all feature Asian Americans. There's that one in um, that features Lucy Liu. Oh right, right. Um, there's Tall Boys I Love Before, and there's uh, Crazy Rich Asians, and there's another one coming out soon. Um, that's in production right now, starring Randall Park and Ali Wong. Oh, that's right. That that just burned yeah. like last week. Um, written by Michael Kalamko and also co-starring, not starring, but co-starring Keanu Reeves and Daniel Day Kim. Yeah, cool. That's a really nice cast. It's going to be stacked. Um, but yeah, uh, can't say much more. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk more with. Um, we're trying to get Jenny Han on the podcast. Maybe some of. Um, the actors, uh, Lana Condor, is doing press soon, too. So um, hopefully we can talk more about the movie. And um, by then you can read the book. Yeah, I'm probably. definitely going to read the book <laughs> and maybe bring on a friend who has read the book. And then we can talk about it as if it's a discussion episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see the differences between the book and the movie. Because I have not read the book. I, I'm one of those people who try to read the book before the movie. Uh, so I will... Yeah, my goal is to read it before <laughs> the movie comes out. So I will definitely try well, you, to do that. You got two months, so I plenty do. of time. I do. For a breezy YA rom-com. Um, so this isn't really news, but uh, I saw it on my Twitter feed and I wanted to share uh, the link. I, I, I've definitely like shared it on the Books and Boba yeah. uh, Twitter handle. But T. Bui, uh, the author of The Best We Can Do, uh, which was like a graphic memoir and uh, we interviewed her on this podcast. Uh, she wrote a web comic and it was like a very long web comic too. And it was about Southeast Asians who were once accepted by America as refugees. And now they are fighting to not be deported from this country. And um, yeah, it's just being passed along the, Asian American yeah. community on Twitter. Tibu is one of the um, big voices in refugee um, rights and issues, and she does so through her comic. And if you haven't read her comic, um, her graphic novel, um, the best we could do. You should... graphic memoir. Yeah, I, I, we just call it graphic novel because we're so used <laughs> to like. I was like, oh, this has pictures in it, graphic novel, but it's a graphic memoir. It's yeah. based on her, not based on. It's her Definitely journey. Pick it up. Um, you no. Know, Works like that, works like the sympathizer, um, works at her, and both, both her and Viet Tien Nguyen have been putting out on a pretty constant clip the last few years um, are very important pieces of like Asian American history and culture that um, that is really important right now, especially in you know, the current climate of anti-immigration, anti-refugee, and just, um, you know, like over reach of powers to address these issues is really affecting our communities mm -hmm. especially the most vulnerable so um check it out we're going to include the link in the show notes and please yeah. share it with everyone yeah it definitely shows like an insight to like how uh like anti-immigration that's always kind of been a part of mm -hmm. american history it's not something new under the trump administration so yeah definitely check it out uh we have the link on books and boba and definitely check out uh t-boy's other works i know she also has a picture book well not a picture book it's an illustrated book yeah. for young readers um so yeah moving on let's check in on what we've been reading and just a reminder the 
June Books and Boba Book Club pick is Not Your Sidekick by C.B. Lee, who um, we actually got to meet yesterday. Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I met her at a bookstore and like... Um, like it was a it was a panel of authors and she wasn't in the panel <laughs> and I also ran into Sarah Kuhn, the author of Heroin Complex. Yeah. They were those two were both in the audience and I and I came to say hi to Sarah and then she was like, Oh, meet CB. And I was <laughs> like, Oh, hi. Um it's, uh, we're reading your book for, <laughs> for this month. It's funny because I ran into CB a couple of times last year at Comic Con. Um last Monday at the Two Other Ways Love Before Screening and also last Last Wednesday, um, at the premiere of the new East West Players play, when she where she was also a guest, so I've I've actually seen her a couple of times, but, but I didn't realize this was the first time you've met her. Yeah, this was my yeah. first time, and and like the really really funny thing was uh, when Sarah introduced me to her, she's like, oh this like oh this is the host of like Books and Boba, <laughs> and she was like, oh are you Rira? And we're like. <laughs> Oh hey, we we've interacted on Twitter, but we've never seen each other before. Yeah, aside from our profile pictures. Full disclosure: we were supposed to have her on the podcast last year, and we kind of I feel uh, I feel dropped the ball. I but. feel so sorry, but we we're definitely gonna try to get her on the podcast. No, we definitely are. We definitely yeah. are. I feel so bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, our the, that's the June book club pick. Um, I have. Not gotten too far in it yet, um, but so far it's been it's actually been a pretty pretty breezy read. It, it's a yeah. really fun read, and definitely we definitely needed that in this book club because <laughs> we've been reading like very heavy, um, yeah, like emotional reads, and it's nice because like it's summer now, and it's like I want to read something fun, and it's a great book for LGBTQ because. Uh, you know, it features a bisexual yeah. uh, Asian American character, and you also have a trans character as a side uh, as a side character. Which, funnily enough, I'm I'm reading the sequel uh-huh. to Not Your Sidekick, which is Not Your Villain, and it's about that trans character. Okay. So the trans character is the main like it's he's not gay, is it he? It's been a while. They yeah like um <laughs> so yeah the trans character is the protagonist in the sequel so it's um i'm gonna skim the first book again because i already read the first book (laughs) and i'm gonna finish the sequel so by the time when we do our discussion episode i will be able to give a much more detailed uh not perspective but like a much more detailed uh discussion for for the podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be reading it for the first time, so I'll, I'll have my yeah. fresh takes. Uh, what else are you reading, Rira? Um, so I'm in the middle of reading A River in Darkness by Masaji Ishikawa. And the book was on sale on Kindle for like $2. And I was like, okay, buying it. <laughs> because um, so the book is a memoir and it's about uh, a Japanese national who is of Korean descent. And he... And his family, they go to North Korea from Japan to be repatriated because this is like right after the war and Japan was like advocating for uh, Koreans to get out of the country. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this on our Pachinko episode. Yeah. <clears throat> and the reason why like, I really wanted to read this was because there was a character in Pachinko who goes back to North Korea. Right, right. Yeah, and I was just like, what what happened to him? He probably died, but like <laughs> but like you you never see him again. He's never really brought up again. Mm-hmm. So, reading this memoir has been like very 
like yeah but not enlightening because i already knew the horrific conditions that uh <laughs> north koreans went through during kim, yeah. kim il-sung's rule and also like kim uh jong-un's rule well, i mean it's not 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 far past that point where the korean war happens civil war happens right? yeah, yeah yeah it it's not that far away and um yeah like i've heard stories about like north koreans right north koreans who were born and raised there um but i haven't really heard much about like Korean Japanese and how they were treated in North Korea. Um and it's, you know, I already made my assumptions being like, well, like a lot of Koreans did not like Japanese people <laughs> or or like people who grew up in Japan whether they were Korean uh, yeah. uh, uh of Korean descent or not, but I already knew that like <clears throat> the Korean Japanese were going to be treated poorly. I just didn't realize how poorly wow. and Um, the memoir, it's obviously it's very dark and it's also very short. It's 162 pages and it's so straightforward. It reads like a letter to the reader and, and like, it definitely doesn't sugarcoat things, but at the same time, like you can, there's a line in the book and it's about like how, when you're like suffering so much, you end up laughing over like how bad you're suffering mm. and that's how i felt too because like he would like he would say something and i'm like this is really dark but it would make me laugh because <laughs> i'm just like this the ridiculousness of the whole um yeah whole thing and about like how the famine happened and how like uh like how bad the bureaucracy was in north korea and how like farmers they would plant uh when they would plant rice, they would like put the seedlings like too close together because it was like the chuche style of um, of farming, and because of that, like rice wouldn't grow properly because you have to have like enough space in between in between the seeds, otherwise it'll get tangled up. Mm-hmm. The farmers need this, but the government officials are like, we need more rice, and this is how this is the best way to do it, and it it, it pretty much like went. F- went like that for each industry, the government officials who had no experience uh, in agriculture, in machinery, mm. they would like come up with these ridiculous rules and and like people suffered and it was such a waste of lives because of other people's stupid- stupidity. <laughs> and um, yeah, like I learned a lot about uh, how like in the beginning, like returnees, that's what they were called. Returnees, they were treated like uh they were at the very very bottom of like the caste system in north korea mm. and towards the end of kim il-sung's rule when like the famine hit and uh they were desperate for money uh the returnees would get money from their japanese re- relatives so they went from at the bottom of the caste to like the top of the caste because now they're like suddenly wealthy mm-hmm. because of the money that they're receiving from their japanese relatives and it's just it, it's really it's really interesting. So I'm in the middle of that, and um, also the memoir like briefly mentioned uh, the the Korean schools in Japan, like mm. North Korean schools in Japan, and how like fucked right. up that was. That was that was a part of the that was a plot point in yeah. Like too. I I heard about these schools because because I've covered Korean news before, and those schools were still around until like. Uh, until like 2011 or so and yeah like because the author this is a memoir so like the author was like talking about how weird 
the school was and how much propaganda was uh, interweaved into their curriculum. Oh. So it, it was it was a very like interesting chapter, but I definitely recommend it. It's it's very short and you can probably get through it in like a day or two. Yeah. And uh, I just finished, not just, uh, I think it was like a month ago, mm-hmm. but I finished Rainbirds by Clarissa Go- Goenawan. I, I hope that's the right mm-hmm. way to pronounce her name, but um, it's... Not really a murder mystery, but it's like a crime slice of life novel, and I really liked it. So um, there's really not much for me to say other than I really liked it. Well, it's a crime novel, so you gotta. It's, like... it's a crime slice of life novel. So like the murder never really gets solved. If you're gonna read this book, don't expect like <laughs> don't expect a conclusion to the murder. But it's about like it's like the jumping off point, right? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, pretty much the premise is a brother finds out that his sister got murdered in this very small town, and he goes to like like you know wrap up her affairs and stuff like that. And he ends up staying for like six, seven months or I guess like closer to a year at that point. Mm -hmm. And he pretty much like lives in the small town and tries to like figure out like what his sister's life was like. So that's pretty much the novel. And it it was a very like nice read. So it was like a, a not simple, but it was like. Oh, I can handle this. This isn't stressful at all. <laughs> so uh, I really liked it, and I recommend it. Yeah, Marvin, what have you been reading? I have been reading. Um, well, I've started reading our June pick, uh, not your sidekick, but on the side, I've been reading um, R.F. Kong's Poppy War, as our listeners might remember from the last episode. Um, I'm about two thirds of the way through, and it's gone places. <laughs> it's gone places. It's um so. I've also been reading her. She has a really um, big Twitter presence, and um, she's been talking because I guess there was a big book convention in New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We didn't mention that in our (laughs) news segment because neither of us went, and it's a really really big convention, so we can't keep up with, like, what's happening there, but yeah. Maybe next year we can go as press. Book con and book book expo. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe next year we can go cover it. Thousand um, involves <laughs> flying over to keep New York, dreaming. And uh, but uh, she's been doing a lot of press for the book and kind of talking through her process. And um, first of all, I realized she's still in college. She's a she's very, very young. young author, which is pretty awesome. Um, but it's a fantasy um, story based on Chinese literature and history. The pitch was like Warring States era China, but it also includes aspects of modern historical China. So um, there is a big scene that is pretty much ripped straight out of the the, the Rape of Nanjing. Um, the big um, conflict in the story like, is pretty much based on the Japanese invasion of China during World War II. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of her story beats takes cues from that conflict. And a lot of it is about just how war like warps people's, like the whole point of becoming like, a soldier and someone who is trying to survive a war is to pretty much dehumanize the other side. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of the conflict in this story is based on that that concept. Yeah, like I, I've been following RF Kuang on Twitter mm-hmm. and um like I remember her mentioning how um like how language plays into colonialism because mm-hmm. like because uh colonial Japan they try to erase uh their colonies culture and and how like there are still remnants of that today in our language like um up until like 
not that long ago in Korea, there were like, we still use like Japanese terms and then they like switched it to like、mm-hmm. brand new Korean terms. But just how like language plays into colonialism, she like mentioned that on Twitter and also like how translation works for like <laughs> characters, right? If you like, because a lot of times they, I don't want to say like books by white white authors, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like books by white authors, where, which features、um, a character who's kind of in between two cultures.、Uh, they don't really write that weird、uh, translation、um, process in someone's mind, being、yeah. like, oh, okay, like I. First, you have to listen. I hear in one language. I I process to, in another language,、yeah. and I speak in back in the first language. Yeah,、right? I, so I remember、yeah. Arth Kwong like mentioning that, and I'm like, oh, that's true. I don't really read a lot of books where that process is mentioned because, as someone with very like, I'm not fluent in Korean, but I'm like proficient enough,、yeah. and the struggle is real. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what I've been reading, and it's uh it's leading up to something. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna keep plugging away at it while I read. While you read, your sidekick. How long? How long is the pop? It's、War? about 500 pages. Okay. Yeah, like the first third of the book is kind of like going to fantasy, like military school. So it's kind of like Hogwarts ish. There's like different schools. It's pretty cool. And then and then war comes, and then all the kids become. It's kind of like it, it jumps from. Um, book one to book seven, like right away <laughs> in the first in the first book. Yeah, that's really cool, and you know that seems to be your jam, like、yeah. Asian inspired fantasy. I'm enjoying it, and I、um, remember you finished Grace of Kings within like a week, and I was like, it was like three days. Oh, yeah, like three days, and I was like, Marvin, that is like a 700 page <laughs> book. <laughs> I think、um, I don't know the things that are. I mean, science fiction fantasy is just kind of like my jam in general.、Mm-hmm. So I think I, I just I'm someone who reads like five books at the same time. <laughs> so、uh, I, I have that problem with TV shows. I'm like watching like five shows at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but it's like TV shows. Like an episode's like what twenty minutes. It, if it's a drama, it's an hour. Yeah, but if you haven't caught up in like eight weeks, that's like a whole night of binging. But you can finish it in like a night. I can finish a book in a night. Yeah, I read about like. Depending on on the book, about just under hundred pages an hour. If I really put my mind to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. same here. Like hundred pages an hour, ninety pages an hour. That's like a seven hour read for Grace Kings. Yeah, but then, but then, like for me, like I because I jump books all the time. Like, and also,、mm. like, like I have other things to do, or I have other hobbies to pursue. Yeah, I spend like maybe like an hour or two reading. My problem is if I've been away for a while, it's hard to get back in. Ah, I see. So that's kind of that's that's what happens with TV shows too. Yeah, maybe like in the next check-in episode because I'm reading、uh, right now. I'm in the middle of reading Starswept by Mary Fan,、uh-huh. and I'm also reading、uh, When Dibble Met Rishi、okay. uh, by Sandra Menon. You're getting your your YA on your summer reading. Well, reading. <laughs> it's been on my shelf for so long, and I'm like, this isn't going to be like Pachinko. I'm not going <laughs> to wait a year to finish these books because、yeah. there are other books that I want to read. Speaking of Pachinko, I just found out that they translated that into Korean. So, oh really? Yeah. So if you want to get、oh, that to man, your parents, I'm so excited. <laughs> my parents don't read. I like. I don't know how I can be their child, but they don't read. <laughs> Maybe I will give、yeah. them the book. It's, it'll make a good like Christmas present. Maybe <laughs> it's like a book.、Um, 
But yeah, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Books and Boba. That's a pod. Uh, thanks for checking in with us, Mira. Um, for those of you who are reading along, don't forget to sound off on our Books and Boba Goodreads group. You can find it by searching Books and Boba at goodreads.com. Um, we do love to hear from our fellow book readers. And if you have anything to share, please use the forums. Uh, again, check out our new website at booksandboba.com and let us know what you think. Um, this podcast was recorded at the Potluck Podcast Studio, located at the offices of Visual Communications. Uh, Visual Communications develops and supports the voices of Asian, American, and Pacific Islander media artists who empower communities and challenge perspectives. Some of their annual programs include the Academy Award Qualifying Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, the Arm with the Camera Fellowship, and C3, the Conference for Creative Content. Learn more about them at bconline.org. Uh, thanks also to the Potluck Podcast Collective uh, for letting us be a part of their great network. You can check out other great Asian American hosted podcasts from the collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. Great. Keep uh, reading, you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>